You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. I want to talk to you today uh, for a little bit just about the love of God. And it's hard to minister on love because we've heard a gajillion messages on it. Uh, for anybody that's been in church, you know, most of your life, uh, I don't even know if kajillion's a number, but it is now. But we've heard a lot on love, and we can sometimes pretty quickly excuse unintentionally more teaching, uh, more ministry on love, but there's not anything greater. It says that faith, hope, and love, those are the things that remain, but the greatest of those three is love. And so there, you can't out, out talk or talk too much about the love of God. And I really, really believe, and I want you to listen to me very carefully, because I'm going to tell you some things in the next few minutes here. I'm going to tell you some things that I believe are not important, but essential for the days to come. It goes beyond being important. It's essential. I mean, life and death issue concerning this understanding of love. And the last day that we were there, uh, Friday, Friday morning, so Thursday night, we had a really, really late night and the service went long and, it, and nobody wanted to leave. It was one of those kind of things and it was really powerful. And so, and, and Joseph was there and was ministering. Joseph Z was ministering. And so then the next, that night we come to find out, he come to find out he was up until like two in the morning dealing with stuff. And then he, he laid his head down to go to sleep. And I recognize him. And I think all of you do too, as a true prophet of God and Actually, what's interesting is that during all of the election stuff, we heard all of these different voices saying things, and most of them collided together to form one thing, and it's Trump's going to win. He said from the beginning, not from the beginning, but um, you know, probably a year previous to the elections that he would not win. Not that God didn't want him to win. Oh my gosh, I just bit off more than I could chew. Because people say, well, if he prophesied, you know, if prophets, if God wanted him to win, then he would have won. Well, people have a part to play in that. And so anyways, he saw that because some things were going to take place that he actually would not win, although he did win, but it got stolen, but we're not going to get down on that. My point is he was extremely accurate through all of that. And I have a reason for saying that. And so I've known him to be a voice, not just, he's actually become a great voice for our church and for Liz and I personally, and we honor that greatly. But he's also a voice for our nation. And he, that night, he, he said he went to bed about 3 a.m. and then he had a night vision and then woke up from it. He was like, thanks, Jesus. I didn't need any sleep tonight, you know. Um, so then the next morning, he tells us about this vision. And he, this is what he, he saw, is that he, he saw a storm. And he said the only time he saw a storm in a night vision like this was right before 9-11 happened. And he said right after... Right before 9-11 happened, he, ha- he saw a storm like surrounding or coming to America, and then, then that happened. And so then he said, you need to get, and he's just telling us, just a very small group of ministers that were there, and he said, you guys need to prepare yourself that there are some things that are going to come on the earth and are going to come to America um, that we haven't seen yet, and it's going to get really, really bad. Now, he didn't end there. He ended with tremendous hope. And here's one of the things I want to start with what I'm getting ready to say is that God is bigger than all of the mess in the world. And I don't know if Jesus is going to return in five years or 50 years or 100 years, but one thing I am um, uh, certain of is that 
for all of the time that we have left here on the earth, God will preserve us. And he will not only preserve us, but he will prosper us. Because prosperity, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about our souls. I'm talking about our ministries. I'm talking about our families. I'm talking about everything that we do. God will continue to prosper us in the midst of whatever is going on. Like Liz was talking about with the children of Israel. They were in bondage, and they came out of Egypt, out of slavery, totally rich. And so God's able to do things that are way beyond what we can understand. But I think it's really important that we understand the times that we're living in. And, and everybody can see like the last year and a half is just the craziest year and a half in the history of our country, probably. Maybe in the world, I don't know. But there's always been these times when you go back and look through history to where things were going good and then all of a sudden there was all this crazy stuff because it wasn't just about the virus. It was, what, it was how people responded to the virus. It was all of the things the government did and all the things that people did and they didn't do and all of that. It's just crazy. And I believe that there is more things coming. I've told, I've told Liz and I'm this... I'm just giving you my opinion. I am not saying thus saith the Lord. So if it doesn't happen, then don't be like, you prophesied wrong. You're a false prophet. So don't do that. But I actually believe that there will come another virus on the earth. The first one, oh, here we go. The first one was manufactured. It did not just come from a bat. It was manufactured. Dr. Rodney Howard Brown actually says, and he, has, he says he has proof of this. I've yet, I've yet to read it, but he's got it in a book. And it's called phantom virus. It was actually created in a lab in North Carolina, transferred to Wuhan. And then whether it was released intentionally or unintentionally, there's a lot of debate about that. I personally believe it was released intentionally, but I don't know. So that's just my opinion. But I, I, and he said this. He said, if you think that the coronavirus is bad, wait, because there's another virus that's coming on the earth. Now, I'm not trying to fill you with fear. I'm going to give you so much hope before I'm done here in a few minutes that you're going to, you're going to walk out feeling like, yeah. So don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure and take care of your heart before we leave here. But you got to understand there are things that are going to come on the earth that we have to be prepared for. I'm going to be totally, totally blunt with you right here, which I am all the time. The church was not ready for coronavirus. It wasn't ready in terms of how we walk in love. It wasn't ready in terms of how to handle the government. It wasn't ready in terms of uh, whether we're going to meet or not. I'm telling you now, our doors will never shut, ever. They will never shut again. They never will. I did what I believe to be right at the moment, and I was, I was right to honor our mayor. That's what I heard the Lord say, but, but I also heard the Lord say, your doors will never close again. And Jesus, Jesus would go right in the midst of lepers. Leprosy was extremely uh, contagious or, you know, could be passed easy. You know, you look at these ministers in, in times past with the bubonic plague and different things that went on. Is Psalm 91 true or is it not true? You know, uh, it is true. And so we have great promises from the Lord that we can be in the midst of things, but we can come out unharmed. Now, I'm not anybody that's, there's probably a lot of people sitting in here that you actually contracted COVID-19 and praise God, you came through it and you came through on the other side. We've known some people that actually became extremely ill with it. I'm not saying it's not real. It is real. But what I'm saying is that we did not, we were not ready to handle it. Flat out, the church was not ready to handle it. We have to get ourselves ready to handle, not to believe that bad things are going to happen, but just with an understanding that rotten junk is going to happen in our earth. And we need to know who we are and how to handle the things that come down the pipeline. We have to be ready for that. Just flat out. Does everybody agree with that, that that's a good thing? So I, I just want to speak to you concerning this just a little bit this morning, and it, and it ties in to love. But I, I don't want to be 
that pastor that knew something that didn't say something. I don't want to be that person. And when I hear a voice of a true prophet for our, our nation, he's a prophet in our nation, that he said, I had a night vision, and I'm telling you that there's some more bad stuff that's going to come to our country. I personally believe that it might be another virus. I hope I'm wrong. I don't know what it is. But I want to be prepared for it. And so then he began to minister hope to us concerning that, and so I'm going to minister hope to you. One of the things that, let me say this one last thing, and then I'm going to get into the word for a few minutes. Uh, one of the things that is a, it's almost a, I'm trying to look at the word for it, look for the word for it, but it's like a, a, I don't know, not a crutch. It's just the way that people think in our country. Americans, we think that we won't be touched by any of the world's problems, because for so long we've we've like been in a in an incubator to where, and, and I believe that's been the blessing of the Lord on our country, and the things that are happening in our country, I believe that a lot of it has moved us out from underneath overall as a, as a country from the blessing of the Lord because of the things that we've allowed to happen in our country, such as abortion and all the other things that I'm not going to get into that you guys know of. And so I, I believe that things, as far as our country as a whole, that we will experience things coming to America in greater measure. And I think that people, they're not prepared for it because we've not been used to it. It's like the whole, you can go into almost any country in the world outside of the U.S. I'd probably include Canada in that. And you see poverty beyond, beyond measure. And I'm looking at these two wonderful missionaries back here, Jim and Dee, and they've been in, in Mexico for a lot of years and you guys have seen the poverty that's there. And, you know, we've been to other places in the world and to, to India and to Brazil and all these different places. And the world, the rest of the world is not like America. Even Europe, it's not like America. They've had, they've had crazy things that have gone on. And for some reason, and I guess it's good that we've lived in, a, in an expectancy of like just having good in our country. But I almost, I almost think that people think that we're totally inoculated from problems coming to the world. Well, coronavirus and all of the nonsense that's happened in our government should, should burst that bubble a little bit, that there's some stuff that can happen. But I think that there's going to be more stuff that happens in the earth that we have to be, in America, that we have to be prepared for. And does that make, am I, am I making sense to you all? I, I, I just feel like that we have to be at a place to where we are totally aware and awakened to the reality that things can come, but we can escape stuff. And I'm not talking about having escapism mentality, like nothing's going to touch me. We, I believe we can be affected by things going on around us, but it doesn't have to change our joy, our peace. We do not have to live sick. We do not have to live broke, all of that kind of stuff. But if you are not prepared in faith, the spirit of the world will vex your mind and it will affect your life. But if we can be prepared in faith to trust the Lord, no matter what comes, it will not come nigh our dwelling. And I am absolutely 100% serious about that. I'm actually considering if there is another, and the Lord will give me wisdom, if there is another virus that hits the earth, actually, instead of closing down, opening up and saying, come on in here and we're going to pray for you and you're going to receive healing. I'm afraid of no virus. Oh, Pastor, that's just not wisdom. Wait a second. Talk to Jesus about that. Jesus hung out with the sickest people that there were, and he wasn't worried about it touching him. Come on. Jesus said, when, I, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? That's a really good question. When he returns, is he going to find people that are sitting? I know so many pastors, so many pastors that are petrified of the coronavirus. They're petrified of a virus that has a 99% plus 
fail rate. In other words, people are 99% successful at staying alive when they get it. And they are absolutely petrified of it. And they're also scared of the government. They're scared of um, being sued and all this kind of stuff. I ain't afraid of any of that stuff. I'm not afraid of any of it, none of it. We are going to be found being people that are in faith. I'm just shooting from the hip a little bit here before I give my message. I hope, I hope you, everybody okay in here? Amen. I want us to be prepared. So I want to talk to you just, I know I've been taking up enough time, and, but I'm going to take up some more time, so it's okay. Uh, hallelujah. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Say, Pastor Ken's going to do an amazing job because I need it. Amen. So go with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to make this statement here, and I want you to write it down. Type it in your phone. This is really, really, really important. The essence of the gospel is not knowing what he has done, but rather knowing why he did it. The essence of the gospel is not knowing what he has done, but rather knowing why he did it. And why did Jesus do what he did? It was because of his love for humanity. It was because of his love for people. And I really believe, again, we're coming into an hour where we're going to see some more, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope Joseph Z is totally wrong, but I don't think so. I believe we're going to come into an hour, we're going to see some more stuff, and we need to ask ourselves, are we, are we settled enough personally that we can handle it without losing our stuff, without losing our mind? Will we be settled enough to where we will have an answer to people that are looking for an answer in a really difficult time? This is a great question we need to ask ourselves right now. Am I settled enough in my own heart, my own mind, my own thinking, my own life, Am I secure enough in the love of God that I can be an answer, that I will have the answer and will be looked at as somebody that's secure during that time? And I'll tell you what, if we don't understand the essence of the gospel, which is knowing why he did it, we won't be secure like we need to because it is the love of God that causes us to have security and foundation in our foundation in our life, to be securely rooted and grounded in this life. It is the love of God, and it's not anything else. This is going to be the plainest thing I probably have said all year long. So it is really important, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this, and you need to write this down too. We must know God's love experientially and doctrinally, or you could say in terms of knowledge, we need to have knowledge of God's love, and we also need to experience God's love. Knowledge without experience cheapens the knowledge. Knowledge without experience cheapens the knowledge. So in other words, if, if you know that God loves you and you never experience the love, then it, it really doesn't bring to fullness the knowledge that you have. It would just like, be like if you had intellectual knowledge that your parent loved you, but you never experienced your parents' love. It really, the knowledge really wouldn't hold a whole lot of value. So we need to experience the love of God. And there's, I'm not going to get into that, but there's lots of ways that we can do that. One of them is just praying in tongues. 
It says in Jude chapter, there's only one chapter, verse 20, somewhere around there. It says, you beloved, keeping yourselves built up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God. I might have mixed that up a little bit. But the way that you keep yourself in the love of God, one way is that you simply just pray in tongues. You just spend time praying in the spirit to keep yourself in the love of God. When we are in love, there's no worry. There's no fear. There's no lack of intimacy. We don't have any problem. Honestly, if we are fully in the love of God, we won't have problems. Now, I'm not saying circumstances couldn't be bad, but I'm talking about us personally. We will not be shaken in the midst of the circumstances. So knowledge without experience cheapens the knowledge. But knowledge, but knowledge sustains in the absence of experience. <clears throat> knowledge, you can write this down. Knowledge sustains in the absence of experience. Does everybody in here experience God's love all of the time, 100% all of the time? If you could raise your hand, I want to talk to you because I want to know your secret. I have lots of times when I don't, ex- I don't experience God's love. I do experience it, and if I never did, I would, really whether, I, would, I would wonder whether his love was really true or not. We need confirmation of, of having God's favor, his love, his touch, his anointing, his gifting. All, we need that stuff to confirm what we know to be true. But when that experience is absent, the knowledge of God's love is the thing that will sustain us when we're going through things. And I can promise you this. I've got a pretty good revelation of the love of God. But even in times in the past 10 years of ministry, I have had times when I have looked at the Lord and said, God, where are you? Where are you in this situation? And it wasn't that I didn't, I didn't believe he was, you know, he was gone or that I believed he was gone that he wasn't there. I didn't really, really believe that, but I wasn't feeling it. And at times when I really needed to feel, I needed to experience his love or so I thought, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't experiencing it. But you know what I would go back to? I would say that I know that you do love me. I know that you do care for me. I know that you are my father. I know that you have good things planned for me. And no matter how bad it gets in the world, no matter how much people reject me, no matter how much people do, you know, whatever the circumstances, God, I know that you love me. And I'm rooted and I'm grounded in you. And I, I want to show you this because Paul did the same thing with the church of Ephesus. And in chapter 3, and look here in verse 13. I wish I had time to read all of this, but look here in verse 13. It says, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart. Now, listen, context is king, right? Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. And you could imagine they knew about all of the things that Paul went through. If you think your life's bad, just go read Paul's life and the things that they came upon him, and you'll feel pretty good about your life. Amen. He says, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason, for what reason? It's because of the tribulations that he was having that they knew about that he didn't want them to lose heart. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So the first thing he says is that you would be strengthened from the Holy Spirit which lives inside of you. And then verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And here it is, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So he's saying, tribulations are here and I don't want you to lose, lose heart. So my prayer is 
that you would be strengthened, that you would comprehend, which means to lay hold of, that you would seize and you would get a hold of all the dimensions of God's love, that you would know the love of God that passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. If the love of God will cause us to be full of all the fullness of God, then that tells me that whatever's going on in the world, our answer to not having those things influence us, but instead God's love or God influencing us and us staying stable, it is to be in and to stay in and to remain in and to focus on the love of God, the fact that God loves us. That's the sustaining factor for us. And I can tell you now, I've experienced tribulation. We all have, but I, I know that I've experienced tribulation And the only thing that ever brings stability in my life is knowing that God loves me. Because I've had people, man, I've had so many people stab me in the back. (laughs) I've had people leave. I've, you know, looking at Jesus' ministry when it was like, you know, the he a bunch of people at one point they turned and left him, and he turned to his disciples. He said, "You are you going to leave me too?" And they're like, "Well." We don't have anywhere else to go. You know, it wasn't like, no, we are with you because we love you and your ministry is amazing and we'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And even Peter said, I would die for you. And Jesus said, you wouldn't die for me. You don't even know. You don't even know what you're talking about. You only phileo me. You don't agape me. So, and I've experienced some of those, those things over the years. And you know what's kept me grounded is to go back and say, you know what, God? I don't know about everybody else, but I do know that you love me. I do know that you care about me. And you know what, what I would draw from dur- during those times was not my feeling or experience because a lot of times I wasn't feeling the love of God, but I knew he loved me. I was rooted and grounded in it. And that's what Paul is, is praying for and, and prayed right here. And he says that in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And to be rooted in something and grounded in it means that there's stability there and your roots go deep into it. You know what I've learned to do over the years that my time with the Lord, it's, you know, when I was younger in the Lord, I imagined and I looked at people older than me in the Lord, I imagined that my time with the Lord would just be this, and a lot of times it is glorious, but most of the time it's really not. But when I was younger, I thought, oh, I would see brother so-and-so or this preacher or whoever it was or this prophet or somebody really spectacular. And I just thought that their time with the Lord was like lightning bolts and just amazing revelation and, you know, just visions and all this stuff. And I have some of those kind of things. But most of the time, you know what it is? It's me just before the Lord saying, God, I just love you. I love you, God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that you love me. And because you love me, everything else in life is just peachy keen. Even though it's really not, it really is because you love me. Even though there's all this stuff that's going on, it just doesn't matter because God, you love me. You care for me. I know there's not favorites, but God, you and I both know that I am your favorite. (laughs) You love me the most, amen? Hallelujah. And when you can just get that just... And you're so rooted and grounded. And it's not just that it's in you, but you are in it. You are in love. You are rooted and grounded in love that the things that are going on around us just flat out don't shake us. And so now is the time to test it out in your life. Test it out with your family. Test it out at your job. Test it out with the financial things that would come against you or the, uh, you know, any kind of sickness or anything that would come against you. Test it out. If you are shaken during that time, then you're not rooted and grounded in the love of God like you really need to be. 
Because if we're filled with all the fullness of God, it doesn't mean all of our circumstances are perfect, but it means that we are perfect in the midst of our circumstances. Because he says that you would be filled with all the, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. So anything that comes at me, anything that I, that I have to deal with, I am ready to handle the thing that would come against me. Our security must be found in him, in him and in relationship with him. It has to be rooted and grounded in that. It can't be rooted and grounded in anything else. You know what I've come to find out this past, and I think we, we all could attest to this. We could not be rooted and grounded because I think a lot of people were and who's running our country, who's at the place of presidency. Because, you know, for four years, it felt like, yeah, all right, getting our country back from all of the socialistic driven kind of people, whatever. I shouldn't talk about politics. I always get in trouble, but I should talk about politics. So whatever. But for four years, everybody felt like, man, this is awesome. Things are going good. And it, and it was awesome. I'm thankful that I'm thankful for, for the mean tweeter. I'm thankful for the guy that would say damn and hell almost every time that he would take the podium because he was connected with the Lord and had a love for our country. And I believe still does, praise God. But at the end of all of that, when everything got flipped upside down, I watched person after person after person after person after person lose their stuff because President Trump wasn't in office. President Trump is not Jesus. He is not the king of this world. And also, we can't really put a whole lot of stock in all of the prophetic things that get said. And I know some people are still like, man, it's coming. August, it's coming. Things are going to be flipped around. I hate to be like this, but I will believe it when I see it. <laughs> I hope it does. I hope it does. I hope something happens, and then in August, President Trump comes back in. But I'll believe it when I see it. I'm, that's just where I'm at with it. If you've got greater faith than I do, praise God, pray for me that I'll grow up and be as mature as you are, I guess. I don't know. But I, that's where I'm at with it. But, you know, we, we realize even a lot of those prophetic voices, many of them that I trusted and still do trust, people can miss it. People can miss it. In the Old Testament, the prophets were judged. In the New Testament, prophecy is judged. Big difference. And you hear people saying, false prophet and all this. It's like, wait a second here. We're not living under the old covenant. We're not supposed to kill them. Amen. But we have so many things that got we were so used to things being a certain way and then they changed and all of a sudden it, 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 re, it helped us realize where we really truly are, not just as a country, but as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of this country. We have had a lot of things that have been really grounded in him and not, and I mean, in, in those things and not grounded in the Lord. I mean, it's just our eyes were, I don't know about you all, but I, did you guys just see like, the, it seemed like the whole church, not the world, but the church was falling apart. What are we going to do? President Trump, uh, who cares about that? I mean, not who cares, but who cares? Jesus is still king. I've read the end of the book. He wins. And if you're on his side, you win. What in the world do we have to worry about? Amen. And then there's all of this stuff that goes on. And I've been studying end times a lot lately just because I want to know some things that I really haven't known but I mean, people always freaked out about, well, when's the rapture? Is there a rapture? 
What about the time of tribulation? Are we going to have to go through it? Will we be spared from it? Will we be spared from part of it, but not all? I don't have answers to all that stuff. You know, I found this is a study in end times. Some of the most brilliant, revelatory minds and some of the, the most, some of the best teachers that I know of and some of the best teachers on end times, they all disagree on how things are going to end. I've got, my, I've got my thoughts and opinions, and maybe I'll share some of that more in the future of how I really believe things will happen. But I gotta be honest with you, there's certain things I don't know. There's things that I know that will happen, but the timing and the placement of those things, there is debate beyond in, and churches have been split over that stuff. When honestly, I think that nobody probably really, really, really knows. They've just got what they believe to be true. And so we have these things going on, and it's like there's so much unsettled that you can't even put faith in end time teaching. Some of you didn't, didn't get what I just said there. If your faith is in end-time teaching, your faith is in the wrong thing. Your faith has to be in God. Your faith has to be in him, in his love for you, the fact that you are his child. It says in John chapter 14, he says that I will not leave you as orphans. And he was talking in context, he was talking about the, his spirit that was coming on the earth that was going to dwell on the inside of them. We are not orphans. God is with us. God is for us. God is on our side. But I believe no matter what is going to come up on the earth, and I don't, I don't have any, I have, I shouldn't say that I know this. I don't know this, but I, I actually believe that persecution will come so bad that there will be churches and different things, even in the United States, they're going to have to close down. Because whenever you, whenever you read about the Lord, you know, coming and, and, it's, and he comes and takes his church away, How, whatever you believe about all that stuff. We just know that God's going to take care of us. Amen. But whenever he does it, it's like just in the nick of time. You know what that looks like? That looks like that there's going to be some really bad stuff that probably will take place in the earth before that time comes. But can God not preserve us? Are his promises not true for us, even in the midst of really difficult times and situations? You have to know this, that there, we're in a dispensation of grace and everything that Jesus produced on the cross belongs to us until that dispensation ends. So if you're here, when the peace treaty is signed with Israel, that means that the tribulation has started and the time of dis that dispensation of grace, I guess, is still ended. But we're still his kids. He's still going to take care of us. But anyways, Jesus, I didn't mean to go down that road. Anyway, so whatever you believe about all of that stuff, you have to know that God loves you. You have to know that God cares about you. You have to know that God is on your side. He is for you. And we need to get to a point to where we are not rooted and grounded in end-time teaching. You can be rooted and grounded in that. That's fine, whatever you believe. You, we, we don't need to be rooted and grounded in, you know, uh, homiletics and hermeneutics and, and, you know, which is, you know, understanding and how you release that understanding. We don't need to be trying to figure out how the earth was created. Just know that God created it. You need to be rooted in the ground in the fact that God loves you. Every one of you should be amening me right now for your own sake, for your own sake. Because I'm telling you, more stuff's going to hit the fan. And I just mean stuff, just random stuff, not anything else. Just random stuff's going to hit the fan. And when it does, what are, where are we going to be found? Where are we going to be at? Are we so emotionally driven that we freak out? If you've got your eyes fixed on Communist News Network or faux news or anything, 
kind of stuff. I do that just to get a rile out of people. But literally, if you're watching even OAN or any of that kind of stuff, and you're getting fed with all of the stuff that's happening, it's going to affect you. You can't sit and watch all that stuff and not be negatively affected by what's going on in the world. You need to sit and you need to have your nose in the word. You need to listen to good teaching. You need to listen to praise and worship music. You need to get you, you can listen to just enough to know what's going on. Then close Facebook, close the the YouTube, shut off the TV and say, now Jesus, I'm going to focus on you. I know what's going on in the world, but you know what? You're going to sustain me through this thing. You're going to carry me all the way to the end. And I know it's because you love me and I'm not going to be moved by the things that are going on. I'm only going to be moved by you. And God, not only am I going to know your love, I'm going to experience your love. And when I don't feel your love, I still know that you love me. And so I'm not going to be moved any which way. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like this is just the message that every minister needs to be talking about right now. It's the most important message of the hour because it's the one I'm preaching this week. Next week, it'll be something different, I guess. But we have, we, have to, we have to know how to stand during this, during this stuff. We're just like any, I think sometimes Christians think that they're just, we're not like every other human being. We are like other human beings. That if we don't have our eyes fixed on Jesus, we're going to be moved. We're going to be tossed to and fro. Every, you know, it talks about being, not being tossed to and fro with every wind and wave of doctrine. That's in Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it is. Well, that's not just the things that would wind and wave of doctrine that would happen in the church, but that's all the, also the things that are happening in the world. All the conspiracy uh, theories and things that go on. If you listen to, how, to the things that I believe, I'm, I'm further right than most people that I know. And I know I'm right. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, I really, really believe certain things. And I had a time period in my life where I was like, oh, this is gonna, ooh, and that's going to happen. This is going to happen. It's like, why am I so focused on that? I can't stop any of that stuff anyways. But you know what I can stop is my heart from being in fear and being in worry and being tormented by the devil and being tormented by negative news because I've got my heart fixed solely on Jesus and the fact that he loves me, rooted and grounded in that. Do you know what else I found out? Is there's a bunch of, there's things in this world that we have authority over, but there's a bunch of it that we don't have any authority over. Did you, this, is, this is always the thing. It's always, it's always when. When's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? People are always concerned about that. Even, even the disciples, they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know times and seasons which the Lord has placed, which the Father has placed within his authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses throughout the earth. That's pretty much all we need to know. Got the Holy Ghost. God loves us. Let's go. If Jesus returns tomorrow, we're going to be found in faith. If he returns in 10 years, we're going to be found in faith. If he doesn't return in our lifetime, we're going to die in faith. Trusting in the Lord, loving on God, believing him, preaching his gospel. That's just all we need to be worried about. Amen? Hallelujah. I feel like this is not the best sermon that I ever gave, but it's probably the best message I ever gave. <laughs> the content was the best. I didn't lay it out the best. Because honestly, I got all kinds of stuff to teach, but I was laying here on the carpet last night and the Lord just said, you just need to tell them about my love. You just need to remind them about how much they're loved by me. And God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. But you know what? It's, there's a difference between being favored by God and living and walking in his favor. And I'll just tell on my siblings, I got one here, but, you know, not her in particular, but my other two, they would always be like, well, you're the favorite, you know, and it was kind of a running joke or whatever, because it seemed like 
times I probably was the favorite. But you know what I come to find out is that I just, I was the one who was 15 years old, and I was not perfect by any means. Close, but, um, <laughs> but I was the one, I was 15 years old saying, Dad, tell me how to properly spank a child. What 15-year-old asks those questions? One that wants to walk in favor. One that wants to walk in favor. My parents didn't love me any more than they did, did the rest of them. I just, I think I, there was a time in my life especially that I'm like, I want to walk in your favor. And now doing ministry with Katie is so awesome because we both have that heart for the Lord. Like, God, we want to walk in your favor. He loves everybody the same, but not everybody walks in his favor the same. And it's because of where they position and they posture themselves before him. And when you posture your heart before the Lord, the favor of God will work in your life. Not because he's like, well, finally you're in line. I'm going to bless you. No, it's, it's you just get yourself. It's like, oh, I've been missing all of it. Okay, I'm going to get in line. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now it's hitting me. And the, the way that you do that, part of the way you do that, you just love on God. You spend time loving on him. You remind yourself that you're loved by God and that he's a good God. He's a good dad. You're not orphaned. It doesn't matter how you feel. Literally, it does not matter how you feel if you have knowledge of the truth. And when you remind yourself of the, the knowledge of the truth, then all of a sudden you'll start feeling it. Because everybody needs, we need to experience, we need to feel God's love. But we can't hang our hat on it. Because sometimes stuff comes at us and we don't necessarily feel it in the moment. That's when we just turn and we say, you know what, God? This is going on, but I know that you love me. I know that you care for me. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope this sits well with you. I, I, I wanted to throw some things out that I believe are, are going to happen, could happen. Not necessarily the particulars, but just that there's stuff that's coming on the earth. And, and actually, it's scriptural too. If you read in Matthew chapter 24, he talks about, you know, that perilous, that perilous times will come. No, that's in, in Timothy. But also, yeah, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money, boaster, uh, boasters, proud, haughty, headstrong, all of these things. That was Paul to Timothy. But then in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about, you know, that all of these, um, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. And uh, I think it even says pestilences and all of these things. And he says, but the end is not yet. So he said, all of these things are going to happen. He said, the end is not yet. You know what that tells me is that I believe that the church is going to be here to endure a lot of, quote, tribulation, not the great tribulation necessarily, depending on where you stand with all that, which I don't want to get into. But we are going to go through tribulation for sure. There's going to be, you know, there are people, and we are, we are so, we are so uh, removed from things that happen in the world. There are people right now, right now in other countries, particularly in, the, in like in the Middle East, northern India, North Korea, Christians that are going, they're risking their lives for the sake of the gospel, that are being separated from their family, they're being imprisoned, they're being, uh, they're being martyred. All kinds of things are, are happening. And I'm not saying that so that we'll feel guilty, but we should realize that there are things that are going on in the earth that actually are fulfilling biblical prophecy according to what Jesus has spoken. And this is why we pray for our government. This is why we pray for the people that, that rule over us so that we can live quiet and peaceable lives. I thank God that we haven't had severe persecution in the United States. But I gotta be honest with you, my, I want to believe that we won't have that stuff happen in America, but my heart tells me it probably will. At some point, we are gonna experience that kind of stuff just because of what the Bible says, and I think it'll probably be in a lot of parts of the earth that people didn't even expect it. That's why he has warned us that it's going to happen. He didn't say, well... Unless you live in America. If you live in America during that time, then everything's going to be good. No, it's going to hit every, I believe it'll hit every place in the earth, and we need to be prepared for it. 
How do we stay prepared for it? You look at Paul and Silas when they were in prison. They were in prison. They were in stocks. They were in chains, you know, and, and they weren't in the Holiday Inn Express either. I mean, it was probably really, really rough. I mean, it was bad. And what they do? They started just praising God. They started worshiping him. And what's awesome is that when everything opened up and whatever, and, and the, the people saw the power of God, they didn't just run out. They said, you guys need to get saved. And they got people saved. Amen? Because why? Because their heart was totally on Jesus, the gospel, the love of God, all of that. Amen? That's where I want to be found. That's where I'm going to stay stationed. Maybe this message was for me more than it was for you. I don't know. No, it was for all of us. Amen? I'll quit. I'm saying the same thing over and over and just in different ways. <laughs> so I'll stop. But did you get what I was putting down? You need, to, you need to mark this in your notes, in your mind, or on your paper. Essential. You're going to need, I promise you, you're going to need this. Because when everything, I mean, our world's nuts. Our world is nuts. The people that are running our world. Satan is the god of this world system. People are like, well, Jesus is king. Yeah, he's king over the earth and will reign over a new system one day in the millennial reign of Christ. But for right now, basically the devil and the Christians are in, in charge. It's a fight for who's going to have the strongest influence in the earth over the hearts of people. Us, the kingdom of God, or is it going to be the kingdom of darkness? Ultimately, we, we will prevail, but we got souls to save right now. We have people to win to Jesus right now. And how can we do that if we're caught up in all of their unbelief? You know, the church looked at us during COVID. I mean, the world looked at us during COVID. And I, I basically believe that overall, the world looked at us as being completely irrelevant. Now, there were some in that pastor in Canada, God bless him. God bless Pastor Rodney Howard Brown that said, We're not sh I'm not shutting my church doors, got arrested for it. Praise God for that. Anyways, I had people say, he need to close his doors. I disagree, but anyways. It says, as you see the day approaching, we're supposed to, we're supposed to come together, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and much more as you see the day approaching. No government no matter what disease is on the earth, no government should ever be in charge of telling the church to shut their doors. Never, never. And I, the only reason I did is because the Lord said you need to honor the mayor because I knew there was more at stake than just whatever. And I, anyways, I'm done. I need to quit. I just opened up can of worms and, you know, people are like, pastor, you know, it's, it's wisdom. There's a virus. I get it, but I'm not going to be in fear about it period. I'm just not going to be in fear about it. My heart is settled on the love of God. And that's just where I'm at. So would you stand and let me just bless you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.